tonight. Good. Well, for those of you who do not know me, I'm Hope Joyner. I am the senior girls crew leader here at Gray City Youth. I love y'all. I'm also a seventh grade ELA teacher. I love y'all too. But I have the distinct honor of closing out this series all about Friendsgiving. And I want to start with a question. Raise your hand if you've ever gotten a gift that you did not want, but you needed, like socks or underwear in your stocking, a few of us. So it's not exactly something you get really excited about. Now, for instance, when I was in college, I had this math class, and I had to have this fancy schmancy math calculator, and it costs like almost $200. So instead of my parents just buying it for me because I was a broke college student, I have a job, I don't have money, they wrapped it up for me and put it under the tree, and I really thought I was getting a brand new iPhone because it was like the same exact size and the box and everything, and I, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, mom, dad, thank you so much. And I opened it, and I was like, oh, thanks. I really appreciate it. It's exactly what I wanted. Top of my list. Glad I've been really nice this year. Now, it was not something that I wanted, but it is something I needed in order to be successful in that math class. And I teach ELA, I don't teach math, so anything I can have to help me be successful in a math class, like I really, really need it, because brain math, it just, it, it doesn't work for me. But I feel like a lot of times in our life, especially when it comes to presents, sometimes we are given something that we don't necessarily want, but we need. And tonight I'm gonna to talk about a friend who maybe wasn't necessarily wanted, but he was needed. So we talked about David last week, and we talked about his good friend, Jonathan. And Jonathan was David's friend before he was king. Well, David has become king at this point, and then David has an advisor named Nathan. Now, Nathan was to King David, that calculator was to me. He was not necessarily always wanted, but man, he was so needed for King David's life. So Nathan was an advisor. That meant he gave advice to the king, kind of self-explanatory, but I'm gonna break it down just in case. So real quick, in 2 Samuel 11, King David was chilling, and I guess he decided like, man, this whole Royal life is just a little bit boring, so he went onto the roof to go on a nice little stroll, and he's hanging out, and all of a sudden, he notices this beautiful woman taking a bath, right? A little, ugh. And her name was Bathsheba, literally. Like, her, she was taking a bath. Her name was Bathsheba. Now, she was beautiful, and David was like, ooh, I want her. So he called one of his servants over. He's like, hey, you see that girl over there? Who is she? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's Bathsheba. She is Uriah the Hittite's wife. So she was married to someone who was at war at that point. So Uriah was in a battle, okay? David was like, that's fine. That relationship doesn't mean anything. He's out of sight, out of mind. Hey, Bathsheba, let's hang out. And so they did. And, and they really hung out. And then Bathsheba ended up pregnant with David's child, and so, like I said, her husband was away at war, so it could not, there was no playing that off as, oh, he's my husband's child, nope. It, it was very clear that that wasn't, so David was like, oh man, that does not look good on a king, I gotta fix this. So he comes with a plan, he's king. So he calls Uriah back home from battle, and he's like, man, like he's, he's gonna be home, he's gonna see his wife, he's gonna be excited that he sees his wife after all this time away, so he's gonna end up sleeping with his wife, and then we'll just play it off as that's his kid. But Uriah was like a stand-up guy, and while all of his friends and the people he was in battle with were away at war, he didn't even feel comfortable staying in the house because he's like, who am I when they're risking their lives to go and sleep with my wife and drink and eat all this lavish food? So he didn't do it. 
Which, like, good for Uriah, but that, that put David in quite a little pickle, right? Because Bathsheba's still very much pregnant with David's kid, and there's no explaining that away, so David had to come up with another plan. And this plan was even worse than the first, and he decided he's king, so he arranged for Uriah to be killed on the battlefield. Because if Uriah never comes home, he can, doesn't have to worry about who's going to claim the child. So he arranges for Uriah to be murdered, and it happens. It happens. So he dies. And David didn't really feel that bad about it. Like, he never confessed his sin to God. And so we've learned a little bit about David. He was highly favored by God, but he wasn't going to confess that sin, the fact that he was not only adulterer, but he had also had someone killed at this point. And he sat around, and he lived his life, and he started to go down a path that was not God's calling for him. And he started to go down a bad path because of his decisions and his choices. And so God spoke to our good friend Nathan, and he filled, God filled Nathan in on what David had done. Now, David didn't tell Nathan. David wasn't going to tell anybody. He was going to let that secret die with him the same way that Uriah had died with that secret. And sometimes I feel like in our lives, there might be things that we don't necessarily want to confess or admit are going on in our lives because it's embarrassing, because we feel bad, because we feel convicted. And God knew this about David, and God loved David enough that he filled Nathan in on what was going on. And so Nathan, now is the distinct honor of sitting down with the king, so king, head honcho, Nathan, a few steps under him. And the last person that could have exposed David's secrets was killed on a battlefield. So pick up what I'm putting down. This was not a good position for Nathan to be in. I'd be a little bit worried. He killed one person who, to keep the secret. Who's to say he's not to kill another? But Nathan was a good friend. So he sits down with King David and he starts to tell him a parable, which is a story with a message. And he tells him a parable about this rich man with all sorts of animals. So at this time, animals equals wealth. And the rich man had all the sheep that he could want, all the lambs, all the cows, all the goats, all the things. But he sees a sheep that a poor man has and he takes it. And it's the only thing that this poor man has. And when David hears this parable, he gets so mad and upset. And he's like, well, let me read this. As surely as the Lord lives, let this man die. Nathan had helped David to be filled up with so much anger towards this one man who took the only thing that this poor man had. He said, let this man die. And Nathan looks at David and he says, dude, that's you. You are the rich man that stole from the poor man. You are the one who's doing the thing that you're not supposed to be doing. And you did it anyways. You are that man. And those words of truth were not easy for David to hear, but they allowed David to take a step back and to actually confess and repent of the sin that was going to end up leading to his demise. So he was able to confess that to God and to repent, and that was all because of Nathan. And so sometimes, now obviously none of you are kings, and maybe this story doesn't, you don't feel like applies to you, but maybe, maybe sometimes you're lying and you just keep lying and you're falling into this pattern and you're getting in trouble at home and you're hiding all these things and you might have a friend who speaks truth to you and says like, hey, like, you wonder why your life is so bad? Tell the truth. Stop lying. Stop going to the party. Stop doing the thing that you're doing. And Nathan was able to do that for King David and he did it in a way that now David didn't wanna admit he had a problem. But when he was able to take a step back and hear about someone else's problem that was actually his problem, but wrapped up in a different story, he was able to take ownership of it and repent. 
and he was able to forgive himself from that. And we all have blind spots in our life. So if, raise your hand if you drive in here. Do I have anyone who drives? Legally, Kaylee, put your hand down, you're 12. Okay. <laughs> so I have a few. So if you're driving or if you're learning how to drive, you might have heard of these things called blind spots. I feel like my blind spots are really big, but that could also have something to do with me being a really bad driver. But you have these blind spots where when you go to try to like merge into the other lane, you can't necessarily see this one spot that's to the left of you. So you go to merge and you don't realize that there was a car there the whole time and you're about to get into a wreck. We have blind spots, not just in our driving, but in our lives. So maybe you don't realize that you're falling into a sin pattern and that you going to a party every single weekend, for you it might not seem like a big deal because you're a high school student and this is just what you do. But you're starting to spiral in other areas of your life and you can't acknowledge it because it's in your blind spot. That's what a Nathan is for. That's what a truth-telling friend is for, is to say like, hey, I see this issue that you have and you might not see it and that's okay, but you've got an issue going on and I'm gonna point it out to you because I love you enough to tell you the truth. And Nathan was not a gift that King David wanted. King David didn't want it be tell, be told that he was wrong. He didn't want to be told that he was sinning, that this path was leading to destruction, but if he was gonna walk in the purpose God had for his life, he had to be. He had, he had to have someone to actually tell him where he was going wrong in his life in order for him to walk in the purpose that God already had for him. And I want you to think about this question. What are some of the most important characteristics a friend can have for you? So think about it. Maybe a friend is someone you can have fun with or they make you laugh or a friend is someone you can do all these things with, but one of the qualities that I feel like we really overlook, like you might say, I want an honest friend, and that's cool, but do you want a friend who's honest with you all the time? No, no you don't. You don't want a friend who's gonna sit there and tell you like, hey, you sitting there gossiping about this person is actually just making your character be called into question, but that is the most important quality that some of your best friends need to have is to be able to tell you the truth. And so I have a roommate, she's actually in here, Keely over there, and the other week, she sent me a TikTok, and it was of one of those American Idol auditions, but like not one of the good ones, one of the really, really, really bad ones, where homegirl, like she seemed so sweet, but she could not sing for her life. And we literally had this conversation a week ago about where are her friends? Like where is someone to be honest in her life because she can't sing, and that's embarrassing. Now she's going viral on TikTok because one of the most embarrassing moments of her life that could have been prevented had she said someone who actually told her homegirl, I love you, but you sound worse than nails on a chalkboard. And she didn't have that. And you know what? And then Keely and I were talking. Honestly, I was lucky enough to have my American Idol moment as like a fifth grader and not on national television because I also can't sing. But little elementary school hope really, really thought that I could. And I... I wasn't really shy, so I would get these solos and I'd get up and I'd sing in front of my entire school of first through fifth graders and it was great and I got this big solo and I was praying about it and I went to church. I was like, I really want to be Cinderella. Will y'all pray that I can be Cinderella? And I, I was, I was Cinderella. But I got up for my um, solo, front row, so you guys, okay, we're a bunch of kindergartners and as I'm singing my heart out, they're covering their ears because I was so bad. <laughs> And it was mortifying, like that's, I still remember, and this has been a lot of years, um, but it was so embarrassing, and I'm like, man, I even told my mom, like, why didn't you just tell me the truth? Why couldn't you just be honest with me and tell me I couldn't say, well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. 
My feelings got really hurt in the long run because no one told me the truth. But thankfully, they weren't as hurt as American Idol Girl. But one of the most important relationships you'll have in your life is someone who's just going to be honest with you even though it hurts. Because honesty is really hard. Nathan sitting down with King David and telling him this parable and telling him about all the things that, that he, he had lacked in was really, really hard. But it was the best thing for King David, and it didn't ruin their relationship. And I'm sure David probably took a minute, because if you've ever been confronted with a hard truth from someone, like you're, my, okay, my first instinct is to get a little butt hurt and to take a step back and be like, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I'm gonna need you to sit down and mind your business. And then I reflect on it, and then the Lord convicts me, and he's like, no, everything they said was the truth, and they only told you that because they cared for you. And those are the types of relationships that you need in your life. Just like a story that I heard one time about a lady who was, she, she thought she had cancer. And she was so, so scared and so sick. And she's staying up all night. She's Googling all of her symptoms and they're getting worse and worse. But she didn't want to go to the doctor because if she went to the doctor and they told her she had cancer, that meant that it was real. So she ignored it and she kept going and kept going and kept going. Then she ended up hospitalized one day and the doctor looked at her in the face and said, if you had come in a month earlier, I could have saved your life but I can't anymore, you're too far gone. She was so scared of confronting the truth that she ran so far away from it, she couldn't come back from it. And we sometimes are guilty of this, and that's, that's why we need a Nathan in our lives. That's why we need someone to tell us the truth, because it's really hard to acknowledge when you're falling short and when you're not doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing. And it's really easy to be ignorant of it and to ignore it and to not think it's a big deal. So when it, sometimes God is gonna have to use people like God used Nathan to speak truth over your life. And, and we've talked about all these different types of friends and how awesome it is to be an encourager and that is awesome and you need that. But, but man, let me, I wanna raise something to you. A true friend loves you enough to tell you what you need to hear and not just what you want to hear. I'm gonna repeat that. A true friend loves you, so they do love you enough that they are gonna tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. So Nathan was a true friend to King David. Nathan's name literally translates to gift. So just like that calculator, I didn't want it, but I would not have been successful in that math class if I didn't have it. You might not always want a Nathan to tell you the hard and honest truth, but you will not be successful if you are constantly blind to your own issues. You will not be successful. You will not get to where you want to go if, if you don't have someone speaking the hard truth over your life. And, and Nathans aren't always fun to be around. Like the encourager friend, they're awesome. They get you hyped. They tell you like you're gonna do so good. You're awesome. Everything's great. And that's, that has a time and its place. But the truth teller friend is gonna be the one who really actually helps you to grow. So they're gonna ones that are gonna show up at your house when you've missed a few weeks of church. And like, dude, what are you doing? Like you were, you were doing so good, you were on track, you were following God's calling, you were growing, and I saw all these things, but why are you not coming to church? What's going on? And a true friend is like a surgeon. So raise your hand if you ever had surgery. A few of us, a few of us. So a surgeon, they cut you open, and does it feel good? Okay, but after, does it feel good, Charlie? No, you're sore, it hurts, it doesn't feel good, but ultimately, especially when it comes to like a life-saving surgery, that little bit of pain is, 
is gonna help you to live. And that little bit of truth that hurts is gonna help you to live and to thrive and to do all the things that you need to do. And so we all need someone who's gonna be honest with us. We all need that truth-telling friend. But in order for us to have that truth-telling friend, we have to invite that truth-telling friend into our life. So hear me when I say this. If you want a truth-telling friend, you gotta ask them to speak truth over your life. And if you want to be a truth-telling friend, you need to be invited to be that in somebody's life. And that's hard because sometimes you'll see people doing all the things that they're not supposed to be doing and you so badly want to tell, like shake them. I teach seventh graders, so I get it. You so badly want to shake them and be like, if only you stopped talking while I was going over the instructions, you would actually know what's going on. I see some of y'all's faces and you know I'm talking about you. But if only you were listening, if only... You were quiet when I told you to be quiet, then I wouldn't be mad. You get what you give. You made me mad because you weren't listening. And I so badly, and sometimes I do this, but sometimes you gotta take a step back and you gotta say, okay, they're not ready for the truth. I'm threatening to throw them in trash cans, but I need to take a step back and tell them that they're simply awesome and they're great. But... When it comes to our friends' lives, sometimes they don't want your opinion because they didn't ask for it. And that's hard too. But that's why it's important, and I'm challenging all of you after cruise, I want you to find that truth-telling friend, that person who's gonna look you in your eyes and say like, hey, I see this path you're going on and it's not great and it's not what you want to do. And in Proverbs 28, 23, it says, he who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. So someone who flatters you is gonna tell you exactly what you want to hear. So that's your encourager, that's all these people, and that's, that's cool, but he who rebukes a man will find more afterward. He who tells you the hard truth, even though they know that it's probably gonna make you mad at them, or when you tell people the hard truth, even though you know it's probably, it might make your friendship a little rocky for a minute. Afterwards, you will find more favor. So when you're obedient to God and when you're honest with that friend, even though it's a really hard conversation to have and you really don't wanna do it, you're gonna find more favor afterward. Now, notice it says afterward and not during because those conversations hurt. And having those conversations and sitting down with somebody and having those conversations hurt. And having those conversations to you, sometimes they hurt, but they are so necessary and so good. In order for you to be a friend, to other people or to have true friends in your life, you have to be willing to sometimes risk the relationship in order to ensure that that person follows the path that God has laid out for them. So sometimes you have to be the one to tell them the truth that you don't want to tell them in order to ensure that they're not gonna fall off the path that God has already called them to, that they're not gonna go down the wrong path. Sometimes you have to be the Nathan for people, even though you really don't want to be and you wanna be the BFF because it's so much more fun but the truth is so much more necessary. And when I say the truth, I don't mean you're calling everyone out. I don't mean you're sitting there and saying, you are a big old gossip. You are rude. You are mean. You are a drunk. You are an addict. You are doing all these things. That's not what I'm telling you to do, but what I'm telling you to do is to sit down with them because you love them so much that you're gonna meet them with grace, but you're gonna meet them with truth. Because too much grace 
with no truth. So grace with no truth is a license to sin. It's saying, hey, I see you getting drunk every weekend. You do you, boo. Hey, I see that you're dating that person who's really not nice to you. You do you, though. Y'all have fun. I see that you're trying so hard to follow this path on your life, but you're still falling into that sin pattern. But hey, that's okay. God forgives you, so you just keep going. That's not what I'm talking about. So sometimes we give too much grace, but sometimes we might give truth without grace. And truth without grace is legalism, which means there is no love in that. So it's, that's when we're overstepping our boundaries and we're just being flat out rude. That's not what a truth teller does. A truth teller sits you down and says, I love you enough to let you know that I'm gonna be honest with you no matter what. We need to be grace givers and we need to be truth tellers. And when David had this conversation with Nathan, it hurt And David actually looked at Nathan, he said, I've sinned against the Lord. And he felt so much shame, and he felt so bad about himself. But Nathan was the perfect example in that moment of being a grace giver and also a truth teller because he said, the Lord has already taken away your sin. So it's okay that you fell short. The Lord already loves you. He's already forgiven you. He's already done all the things that he said he's gonna do. Now, I don't want that for you. I don't want that sinning life for you. But I love you enough to let you know it's okay you fell short once, but we gotta get up. You gotta get up. You gotta go and you gotta do more because a true friend is gonna love you enough that they are gonna tell you the truth even though it hurts, but they are still going to meet you with love. And at the end of our lives, I think, and I think back to my own life and sometimes I've had people tell me the truth and I didn't take it well. And sometimes I've told people the truth and it didn't go well. But I think back on the people who were bold enough to come to me when they saw that I was falling short, when they saw something that I couldn't acknowledge in my own life and they flat out told me like, hey, I love you, but you're better than this. And those conversations, they hurt so bad, but they were so necessary to get me to where I am today. And I'm so grateful for my truth tellers. And so I'm gonna encourage you, go find that person who's gonna be honest with you, like truly honest with you. That person who's gonna see that you've, that you wanna talk to this guy and you wanna start dating him, but he's not living a godly lifestyle or he's not being kind to you. You need the person who's gonna sit down and not be like, oh, he's so cute. Yeah, you go, girl. No, you need the person who's gonna sit down with you and be like, oh, I love you, but he's not it for you. That's not a fun conversation to have, but sometimes it's necessary. And Jesus is the perfect example because there was, Jesus looked at people in their, in their darkness, in their worst sin, and he called them up to hire because he loved them, even though it hurt. I think of like the woman at the well, like that wasn't easy for her to hear all of her mail being read by Jesus himself, but he read that because he loved her so much. So he let her know like, hey, you've been married this, this amount of times, now you're living with a man that's not your husband. That'd be really awkward of a conversation to have. I would not wanna be a part of that conversation, but that changed the trajectory of her life. So I want to encourage you, you find those people who are going to be the example of Jesus in the sense they love you enough that they're gonna be honest with you, but they're still gonna meet you with grace the way that Jesus did. And before you go on a cruise, I'm gonna pray for us. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Thank you guys so much, I see your hand. And Lord, I just wanna... God, God, you see those hands and you know those hearts, Lord, and I wanna thank you for that, God. I wanna thank you that you are the perfect friend, that you are the one who loves us in all of our mess and all of our chaos, that you are the one who, who's gonna tell us the truth and who's gonna help to get us back on that path, God. And I just pray that right now, Lord, that as they're surrendering their hearts to you, that you're speaking to them and letting them know that, that you love them and that it's okay and that you died on the cross with their name in your mind, God. And I just thank you for that, Lord. And I just wanna lift up everyone in this room, God, and say, Thank you for giving us true friends. And I just pray that you begin to highlight the person that they can 
they can go ask to be honest with them, God, and highlight the person who, who's really gonna take that job seriously and let them be that for each other. And as we walk into cruise, I just pray, pray that you bless each and every single one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.